What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. In times of adversity, where do you turn to? Are you somebody who you're constantly living in anxiety or fear that the worst is going to come? Or are you somebody who you constantly are optimistic and you're constantly always thinking of positivity? For many of us, we do have some type of anxiety or fear because we don't know what's to come and we don't necessarily know how to operate at least even 90% of the time in faith and in optimism. Well, in today's episode, I hope that that's about to change for you. We have somebody who has been a teacher and an entrepreneur when it comes to belief, when it comes to grit, and also when it comes to the power of positivity, and that's Mr. John Gordon. John is the author of 22 books, including nine international bestseller books. He's one of the highest paid speakers in the world, and he's somebody who believes that you have to continue to stay positive even in the times of adversity. And he tells us exactly how we can do it in this episode. So I want to go ahead and jump right on into it. Be sure that you can take a lot of notes because a lot comes at your way really fast, but I'm telling you it's all worth it to take these notes, to sit down and to really take heed to this advice. What's up, Dream Nation? We are back again with an episode that I am sure will inspire you, if nothing else, to think positive. And in this time that we're in right now, in this world that we're in right now, depending on when you're listening to this, we're still strong in the pandemic. And we have one of the most, in my opinion, in my opinion, inspirational teachers when it comes to staying positive and overcoming any type of adversity. Without further ado, please help me in welcoming my brother, Mr. Mr. John Gordon to the show. John, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? What's up, Dream Nation? Casanova, great to be with you. I'm honored and I'm excited about sharing with you Dream Nation today. Oh, absolutely. I always love to make sure that we can give the proper introduction. And so if someone does not know who you are, they've probably been sleeping under a rock. And the way that I like to do that is I like to make sure that I compare us as entrepreneurs, thought leaders, change makers to superheroes. And you're going to be the true epitome of this because you're constantly flying around the world, putting on that cape and trying to solve the world's biggest problem. So behind every Superman, we know that there's a Clark Kent. Behind the Superman that we know as John Gordon, tell us on the inside, who is that Clark Kent? I do believe that when you look at Superman and you ask him where his power came from, or you ask when Clark Kent was 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 Clark Kent, who was he? He was still Superman because he was Superman on the inside. So who you're on the inside should not change. So I believe that Clark Kent and Superman combined, I am the same person no matter where I, whether I wear a cape a uniform or pajamas to bed, right? I am still that person because your identity is truly who you are on the inside. And so for me, who am I? I'm I'm someone who loves to do this work. I love to make a difference. I'm not naturally positive. 
I have to work really hard at being positive. I grew up in Long Island, New York, in a Jewish Italian family, a lot of food, a lot of guilt, a lot of wine, a lot of whining. And I really struggled with positivity. Around 31 years old, my wife mm. came to me. She said, if you don't change, like I'm leaving you, we're over because I was so negative. And so that began this journey of working to become a more positive person. And it led me to do this work that I do now. So I think it's really ironic that I do this work, that my calling is about positivity. And I speak on positive leadership and building great teams and positive teams because I'm not naturally that way. And so I think I become a good teacher because I'm always working at being a better person myself, being more positive myself. So I know the struggle that people have. It's a real struggle. It's real. It's raw. And so then people can really connect with it and they resonate with it because I'm not some guy standing on the, on the, at the white castle, telling them how to do this. And you need to be like me, right? You need to be positive like me. I think they join me in the struggle of having to overcome adversity and challenges and setbacks throughout life. We're not positive because life is easy. We're positive because life can be hard. And this is not about seeing the world through rose colored glasses. This is knowing that you have the power to overcome the thorns. So I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm someone who writes books, I speak, I never thought I would have the success that I have. I'm thankful every day that I get to do this work. But I also know that that the creator of the universe, that God is the power force and the power source that works through me, that allows me to do this work. And everything I have, everything I do is because of that power, not me. There's so much to unpack there. And the first thing that I know someone's thinking about is they're saying, you're not naturally positive. Right now at 31, your wife comes to you. Talk to me about how you were able to make that change. And the reason why I say that is because here's something that I learned. And I learned this actually from a mentor of mine. And he had said, if you have any type of negativity, your thoughts, your stories that you tell yourself, most likely it comes from some type of a trauma that you had from the ages of maybe three to 12 years old. So for you at 31 and you found yourself being negative and potentially losing your partner in life, was did you have to become aware of a trauma or what do you think was the things that was causing you to always have that negative energy in yourself? Well, I knew that my father left when I was a year old. So I had that abandonment issue in my life. So that was, that was one thing. But I was raised by my stepfather, who was a New York City police officer and a, a really good man. He, he loved us and he took me and my brother on as his own and said, I'm going to love you like my own, call me dad. And we did. And so he was a huge figure in my life, but I always had that abandonment issue from my biological father leaving. Can't explain it. Don't know why it existed, but it did. We all have wounds of the past. You might call it a trauma. I call it a wound. We all have that wound that gets infected throughout our life. And that wound can bring us down. It could hold us back. It could cause us to falter and fail and not realize our potential and not grow to the heights that we are meant to grow. So you have to understand what that wound is and you do have to heal that wound. But let me ask you something. Do your negative thoughts come from you, Casanova? Do your negative thoughts come about because of your thoughts or where do they come from? Yeah, I would say your negative thoughts come from a lack of confidence and it's because we maybe haven't experienced something. It's it's anxiety. I think that's where my negative thoughts would come from. Instantly, I think about something that I maybe haven't attempted before. And then instantly, it's like, I can't do that. Where does that come from? Let's go a little deeper. So I ask people all the time, do your negative thoughts come from you? And everyone says, oh, yeah, of course they do. I said, really? Who would ever choose to have a negative thought? 
Would you ever choose a negative thought? I would never choose one. When you're sleeping and dreaming, are your negative thoughts coming from you? Are your dreams coming from you? Are those nightmares coming from you? Are the positive thoughts sometimes coming from you when they just pop in your head or the negative thoughts as you can't do that or you're going to fail or the future is hopeless or you're not enough you don't deserve that. You're going to have all these thoughts that come about and you have to understand they do not come from you. Thoughts exist in consciousness. I'm not sure quite how it works spiritually, but I know spiritually they're there. Consciousness exists and it's like the internet cloud and the brain is the hardware. And we're always downloading these thoughts mm -hmm. to our brain, to our hardware. The activation happens in the brain. No one has ever found a thought inside of a brain. So the key is when those negative thoughts come in is to understand they're not coming from you. Those negative thoughts are often lies. And the key is don't believe the lies. Instead, what you want to do is speak truth to those lies. And the truth is you are here to do great things. The truth is you were never meant to be average. The truth is we want to be great and we have a desire to be great because deep down we know there is greatness within us. That's why we want to be great because we know it's within us. But here's the thing. We have these voices saying, we're not great. We're not enough. We're not going to make it happen. And that is the battle of the mind. It is a spiritual battle. And the anxiety happens when we are believing the lies and we feel separate from our source, from the oneness that we are. The word anxious literally means divided. At its Greek root word, it means divided. And so we actually feel divided. We feel separate. When you understand who you are, and you are united in that, that is where the power comes and moves through you. That's why when we surrender and we trust and we surrender to a greater power, that's when we actually start to feel more positive, more loving, more kind. That's the greater power that moves through us. I share this with you because we have to understand the origins of negative thoughts. This is deep. And when yeah. you understand this is really deep, but this is where the power is, right? Because I'm sick and tired of people talking about, oh, the negative thoughts in your brain and, and the neuroscience and blah, blah, blah. I know about all the neuroscience. I've done all the research. I know the studies on meditation and it's all great. And I believe in meditation. I believe in, in mindfulness. I believe in all that, but you have to understand the origins of the negative thoughts to be able to overcome them because no one can explain where they're coming from. And they often say, well, it's been a trauma and the negative thought comes from what you've heard before. No, sometimes you never even heard those things before and they still come in. And once you understand this, now you can win the battle. So I wrote a book called The Garden recently, mm -hmm. just came out. And it's about the five Ds that we have to overcome to win the battle of our mind. And it's doubt, it's distortion. Those lies we just talked about. So distortion takes truth and distorts it with lies. It's discouragement. We don't give up because it's hard. We give up because we get discouraged. I know so many entrepreneurs, and I'm so glad you reached so many entrepreneurs. They just give up because it starts to get hard. And, and in the hard work, they get discouraged, right? So the, the, the discouragement, not the hard, but the discouragement and the hard combined causes them to just stop working, stop moving forward. And so that discouragement sets in and they just say, you know what? I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Or I'm not going to be able to make it happen. Whatever it may be, they just get discouraged. And that is when they give up. And then the distraction sets in and distractions are the enemy of greatness. We have so many distractions right now in the media, social media, all the distractions causing us to be less than our best. And then finally that division, the 50 is divide, which we just talked about. And that anxiousness and that division really separates us individually. It separates us from other people. And we see more division right now than ever in this country. But the antidote to these five D's are we, we got to trust instead of doubt, we trust instead of distortion. We speak truth 
to those lies. And the best advice they ever heard is from Dr. James Gills, the only person on the planet to complete six double Ironman triathlons. That's a double Ironman, which means you do an Ironman and then a day later do another one. And the last time he did it, he was 59 years old. And he was asked how he did it. And he said this, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. Now, again, we could say not listen to yourself, but listen to those thoughts that come in your head. But instead of listening to the negative voices and the fear and the doubt and all the reasons why he can't finish this race, he would talk to himself with words of encouragement. And instead of discouragement, we encourage. And the word encourage means to put courage into. So we're encouraging ourselves. We're putting courage into ourselves by speaking life to ourselves. Words of affirmation and encouragement. We walk in that power. We walk in that truth. And when we encourage others, right, we're giving them life. We're giving them courage to move forward. That's why encouragement is so important. And entrepreneurs, sometimes we just need a little bit of encouragement. Zig Ziglar, right, the old famous motivational speaker was told, Zig, motivation doesn't last. And he would say, neither does bathing. It's why you have to do it every day. We have to encourage every day. And instead of distractions, what do we do? The antidote to that is we focus on what matters most. And what matters most? Your relationships. Right. With the people that you love, with your family, the relationships with your team, the relationships with your clients or future clients, with your customers, your relationships. And if you focus on your relationships and investing in those, that is how you build real success. All the other stuff doesn't matter. It's about people. It's about relationships. That's how we create real success. You love, you serve, and you care. I wrote a book called The Carpenter, which is the book that I wrote for entrepreneurs, having been an entrepreneur myself and being one now. And I wrote this book for entrepreneurs. And I always say, don't focus on growing your business. I know that doesn't sound like good advice. I say, don't focus on growing your business. Focus on loving and serving and caring with your customers, with your team. And if you do that, your business will grow exponentially. That's how we build real success. So focus on what matters most. And then instead of that division, we unite. We come together and we unite. We need more unity in this country. We need people of, of different, obviously, racial backgrounds to come together. We need people of different political backgrounds to come together. We need just to come together. There's so much division. It's getting ridiculous. Like come together and unite. But what can you do individually? You can't focus on what other people are doing. You can't control everyone else. You can control yourself. You can unite with the people around you. You can connect with your team. You can commit to them and to other people. And connection is what always breeds commitment. The more connected you are, the more committed you will be. And that connection and commitment is what really creates unity with a team, with an organization. And for me, spiritually, I believe you got to unite to yourself. Some people do meditation, yoga. I do prayer, right? We prayer to unite to self. And we unite to the creator of the universe. As I said earlier, that's where I draw my power, my strength. And that keeps me moving forward. No, I, I love it. There's so much to unpack there. I feel like for the, the average person that's listening to this, they're going to have to rewind it two or three times because you gave so much wisdom. The first part, though, you said you got to know who you are. Talk to me about how does someone, how did you really, because you're going through negative mind state, now all of a sudden you're potentially about to lose your family and you're trying to find yourself who you are spiritually. Were you always someone who had strong faith in a higher power or was that even new to you and you had to start from square one, basically bare bones and figure out who you were? That was new to me. So I had to find that and discover that because when I, I lost my job during the dot com crash, fearful, stressed, 
anxiety. I'm all nervous. How can I provide for my family? What's the future going to hold? I feel like a failure. So my identity was tied to my performance. It was tied to my success. And it was during that time that everything was stripped away. And I had to look within and I had to ask myself, who are you? A crisis like right now that we're dealing with will reveal who you are, what you value and what you believe, who you are, what you value and what you believe. And at that time I asked, who am I? Why am I here? I actually said, why am I here? I know I'm here for a reason. Why am I so miserable? My wife was almost, like I said, leaving. And I had to ask that question, like, why am I so miserable? Why am I so negative? And it became loud and clear. I wasn't living my purpose. I wasn't doing something I love to do. And what I was meant to do came to me, writing and speaking. It literally came to me. Why am I here? Writing and speaking came. And the way I know that is, wasn't an accident, right? It wasn't just some coincidence. Right? Come on, John. No, it wasn't some coincidence. I know it happened because after that, I literally started to write. And I started to write like I never wrote before. And I started to share this message. And then I worked on myself, worked on my faith. And then I wrote The Energy Bus. And now I've written 22 books that have sold over four and a half million copies. And I'm not telling you that to be impressed with me. I'm telling you that because to let you know it's not a coincidence that I would have that revelation to say, okay, I'm here to write and speak and then start doing it and then have the success to be able to make a difference and reach all these people. Because to me, success, the definition of success is the fulfillment of God's plan for your life. Mm. And that is from Dr. David Jeremiah. I got this from him. And I heard it the other day in a new book that he just wrote called Forward. And it's so powerful. And I realized I was now fulfilling the plan that God had for my life. Now, to understand that plan, you have to surrender. You have to ask. You have to say, why? What is my why? What is my purpose? We don't get burned out because of what we do. We get burned out because we forget why we do it. So once you know your why, you'll know the way. And you will let obstacles get in the way. So as an entrepreneur, why am I doing this? Why am I running this business? Why am am I creating this product? Do I love it? Or do I just want to make money? Because the money won't be enough to drive you. It will be enough to make you want to survive, right? Because you need to pay the bills. But to be great, to be the best in the world, to really go after your dream, it has to be something that you truly love to do. So when you're an entrepreneur, make sure you love the product, you love the business, you love what you do, you're doing. Because if you don't love it, you'll never be great at it. Love is the number one driver of grit. And we know that grit is the number one predictor and factor of success. And so love drives grit. So you got to decide what you want to do. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write and speak. And I'm going to start sharing this message. And if it takes me 10 years to get out there, 15 years, 20 years, it doesn't matter. I'm doing what I'm called to do. And I'm going to start doing this work. And I give 80 free talks. And then after that was like $500 a talk and then $1,000 a talk. And I went everywhere to anywhere doing this because this was my why. This was my purpose. This and did you start off? I, I want to ask because a lot of people right now that are hearing this and they're going to look because they see that you're one of the top motivational speakers in the world. Definitely one of the, because it's like, oh, it's easy for him to say that now because he's one of the highest paid speakers. But when he started out, was it, you said that you gave 80 talks. Did you know your direction when you first started out or did that lane change for you? Were you always in this personal development? You got to have faith. You got to be able to overcome positive or adversity. For me, 
the talk was initially about positivity. I knew that I liked talking about positivity. I wanted to be more positive. I was researching ways I could be more positive and I was doing the research in the positive psychology world. So it was, it was actually during the emerging field of positive psychology. So in the beginning, I knew I wanted to talk about that. But for me, initially, it was get addicted to positive energy. So it was all about positive energy. I was I was a little bit of a rah-rah guy. Like, Come on, get fired up. And so I'm early 30s and, and I'm doing that. I was known as the energy addict. I started there and then and then I evolved. Then I started speaking to organizations and chamber of commerces and all these different events and some health conferences. But again, I was doing all these free talks and then I was going everywhere and anywhere. And then I spoke to the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2007, right when the energy bus came out. I went on a 28-city book tour, paid for by myself. No one knew me. And there were five people in one city. There were 10 people in another, 20 in another. The most people we had were 100 people in Des Moines, Iowa. They thought Jeff Gordon was coming. That's why they showed up. NASCAR. And I remember I got home. Yeah, if you don't know who Jeff Gordon is, the NASCAR driver. And I remember I got home and it wasn't a successful tour and I didn't know what my future held, but I gave everything I had. And my mission was this Casanova. It was to encourage and inspire millions of people, one person at a time. Mm. So even though there was five people at the event, I made time for every one of those people. There were five. That was easy. 10 people. Didn't matter if there was a hundred or 10, I was giving them my time, my energy. And I went on this tour and that's where I was shaped. That's where I was molded. That's why I learned the art of hard work and living the mission and humbly, right? Humbly, because no one's coming to these events to just share the message, even if a big crowd isn't there. And that's why I learned that you just got to do the work and make a difference and inspire, encourage others one person at a time. And that book tour is what led to a lot of success later on. Just meeting one person in Austin, led to an event in a school district. Another event led to a, to speak at a business. Another city led to working with a sports team. And next year, I'm doing these different talks. And one led to another that led to another that led to another. So my journey has not been easy. A lot of my book sales have, have really taken off over the last five, ten, like five years, I would say, five, seven wow. years. I've grown a, a lot in the last five, seven years. That's really when it's really taken off. My last nine or 10 books have hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. So I have 10 Wall Street Journal bestsellers right now. I've worked with the Rams and the Dodgers and the Miami Heat and Tampa Bay Lightning just won the Stanley Cup. I worked with them before the season. I worked with Clemson football for the past eight years. The Atlanta Falcons years ago, not anymore. Don't work with the Falcons now, but I worked (laughs) with the Falcons for, for years, seven years when Mike Smith was the head coach. So I had the opportunity now to work with all these different teams, all these different companies, all these different school districts. And I would go where others wouldn't go. And yes, I'm a high-priced speaker now, but I'll still do some pro bono events. To always, I do a certain amount per year, every year, to stay true to, to that mission and message because it can't always be about the money. Oh, you can't afford to pay me, so oh, I can't do that. So I try to make sure that I do a certain amount every year pro bono for nonprofits and organizations like that. Did Make-A-Wish not too long ago, uh, the Boys and Girls Club, which I love so much, then did that event. And here's what I've learned. I do those events, right? Not even thinking about anything but the message and the mission and reaching those people there and about how amazing they are about what they're doing. 
I always get events that come from that because there's always like sponsors there that it seems right. like sponsors are there and they wind up booking me for their big events. But I never go into an event thinking, oh, I'll do this. So I get that. I never think that way. It's always been, how can I love? How can I serve? How can I care? How can I do this work? How can I make a difference? And it's been a long journey. It has been a long, I'm 49 now. I started when I was doing this again, around 32, 33, probably. 2002, I wrote my first newsletter. I know that. And then the energy bus came out in 2007. And so that's sort of like, if you, if you picture this, this long yeah. struggle, it takes five years for it to be a bestseller. Then finally it becomes a bestseller. And now it has sold over 2 million copies. That book alone. That book changed my life. So I do want people to understand it's been a long journey. And I think every journey is. For an entrepreneur, it's not about an overnight success. We know that Google wasn't an overnight success, right? Twitter wasn't an overnight success. I heard from Evan Spiegel a few years ago with Snapchat, and he told me about his journey. I had him on my podcast, and I also went to speak to his company, to his leadership when they were struggling a few years ago. He brought me in to speak. He read my book, The Power of Positive Leadership. And I helped them through a difficult time to really bring positive leadership to their organization and to their team. He talked about it in Fast Company, how, how our work together made a difference. And so we know that even when you think from the outside world, it looks like you have everything figured out. You're always dealing with adversity and challenges. And there is no such thing as an overnight success. It's I'm, I'm so glad later, you shared that. later. Yeah, that's powerful for a lot of people to know because people might be on year two, year three, year five, year seven, and they're saying, when is my break going to come? But to hear someone who's now been doing this for 17 years, 18 years, and then saying, hey, it was 10 years into those 18 years, or what was that, five years into those 18 years that I wrote my book, the understanding that you're on your journey and you're right where you should be. And also, a lot of the times, like for us to look at someone like you, if you're trying to be a speaker, and me to try to compare where I am right now to your path, it's that's that's what it Someone I had a mentor on and they had said, comparison is the thief of all joy and success. And so to compare your 17th step to my ninth step, it's just not fair to me. Right. And also we, and we can't compare steps because our journeys are different. Our right. stories are different. What you've gone through is so much more challenging in many ways than what I've been through. I've been through challenges, but I can't compare my challenges to yours. Inky Johnson is a good friend of mine. I don't know if Inky, but yeah. we have very different journeys and how he hurt his arm and the, the and can't use his arm anymore as a result of playing football and was going to go pro. It's a different story. So we have to know our purpose. We have to know our right. mission. And there's only one you. And there's only one me. And the people listening, there's only one you. And your job is to be the best you and not to compare yourself to others. You're here to run your race. You're here to share your message and your mission. You're here to start your company, your product. You can learn from others. We learn from people all the time. We can learn from their journey and from their struggle. We can learn how they speak. We can learn how they how they how they do presentations, how they write. But I have people try to write fables like me and they can't because it's my style. And I can't write like someone else. I love Max Lucado. I can't write like Max Lucado. I just can't. I would love to speak like Inky Johnson, but I can't because I'm not, <laughs> that's Inky's style is amazing. Right. Like it's unique. It's different. I can't speak like that. I'd like to, but I can't. And I think he's one of the most gifted speakers. And so for me, you have to find your path, your journey and live it. Stop trying to be someone else. No, oh, I love that. If you look back at your journey over these last 18 years and you could think about one thing that you would change or you would implement it sooner to be able to speed up 
your dream, the path that your dream has been on, what would that one thing be? I believe that if I look back and if anyone looks back, we would know that fear is the number one thing that can sabotage us and our destiny. I think there were times I allowed fear to keep me from being my best and to go for it. So the more time that's gone on, I've gotten more bold, more courageous. And I believe the answer to fear is love. If you love it, you can't fear it. And so love casts out fear. So anytime you're feeling fear, you focus on the love that you have of the work that you're doing, the love of your product, the love of your service, the love of your mission, the love of your customer and client. And you focus on that love. And if you focus on that, that will drive you to overcome your fear. I wish I would have known that earlier, learned it later, wove it into the story of the carpenter because I had writer's block, never had writer's block before. And I realized I was so fearful of people thinking that my best work was behind me. And so I couldn't write. And I woke up one morning with the truth that love casts out fear. And I was like, oh, all I got to do is love the reader, love the process of writing. Here's the deal. If you love the process, you will love what the process produces. So love the process. And I started focusing on that. And anytime I get nervous or fearful, I'm like, nope, nope. Think about loving who's listening, loving who's reading. We're going to be on the Today Show this Thursday coming up. My wife and I, first time on TV together, a little nervous. Is it about relationship grit? Are you going to About relationship grit, about our ups and downs, our journey. But I'm thinking about, okay, how can I make a difference in all the couples that are listening to help them stay together? It's not about you, John. Focus on the love that you have for others and your purpose. You have an obligation to share this. Don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Don't worry about messing up. Make sure you go out there and you help those people who are listening so that they stay together, so they don't give up because it's hard. Again, in the relationship, we get discouraged, it gets hard, the grass seems greener on the other side, we walk away. No, stick together, work on your marriage, invest in your relationship and weather the storm together. And if you do that on the other side of it, there's so much more joy and meaning and connection and love and intimacy if you work on it together. It does take work. It's not easy, but that's what I think about. So entrepreneurs, you think about the love that you have for your craft, for your business, for the opportunity, and it will cast out fear. So I wish I would have known that earlier. And that's why I tell people about that now. Yeah, no, that's super powerful. When we say one of the same things, I remember I I told someone, I said, you don't necessarily even have to love the journey, but you have to be married to the destination. Mm. And that's what I heard you say, right? If you're thinking long-term, and I believe I was even watching a YouTube video and you had had Matthew McConaughey on your show back or some months back. And he talked about, if you think about snipers, they're they're not looking at the target. They're looking at behind the target, right? So you have to be focused on the long-term, which is what I hear. Whenever we get married, which is right to your point, we're never thinking about these next one to two to three years. We're thinking about that we're going to be with our partner for the rest of our life. So remember that commitment that you made in the beginning and continue to think long term. And it goes back to your point of what you were saying is the money alone, right, won't keep you going. It'll get you there. It'll get you hype in the beginning, but it will always fade away. But it's that love that you have that keeps you going. And it's you knowing what your why is. Why did you get this started? So again, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And for anybody who's not read or at least listened to any, to any bit of relationship grit, there's so much wisdom in that book as well. I appreciate that. We, we started a cookie company a couple of years ago called Positive Cookie. And it was a lot of work. 
and it was hard. And we got into some stores and then it didn't sell well. And it was going to take more money to revamp and do new designs and buy more cookies and everything else. And I had to ask myself the question, do I really love this work? Do I want to be known as the cookie guy years from now that I've built a successful cookie company and cookie business? And it became so clear to me that I was not put on earth to do that. So even though I lost some money with it, a good amount, it was one of the greatest lessons that really got me even more focused mm. on doing this work because I came back with more energy, enthusiasm, excitement for this work. And I realized the cookie business was actually a distraction for me. So I learned a valuable lesson as an entrepreneur you need to learn is that you got to ask yourself, when the love wears off or when the money is running out, do you still want to keep going? Do you still want to push through? Do you still want to be committed to this? And the love for what I was doing wasn't great enough. The mission wasn't great enough. I knew that this was not my core purpose. It wasn't my mission. So I let it go. Then I come back. And now I focus on my business even more, take that energy I was putting towards the cookie. And then we start doing training. We start doing consulting. We're, we're, we're expanding energy bus for schools to reach more schools. And we are growing in leaps and bounds. Even during COVID, we did three online leadership virtual events and they're all sold out. And that's a result of being more committed to the core purpose and the mission. So I'm not saying, hey, you want to do what I do. Many people probably don't. But in your business and your, your entrepreneur journey, right, always ask yourself, is this what I really want to create? Pull out the telescope and the microscope. Telescope, big picture vision. This is where we're going. Microscope, zoom focus actions. Mm. This is what I need to do today. This is the action today to realize the big picture in the telescope. And every day, if you have that mindset of telescope, microscope, big picture of where you're moving towards, the Zoom focus actions, that's how you create success. Wow. For you, where do you go for inspiration? Because now you, you've wrote 17 books, as you said, or 22 books? 22 now. 22 books. So for you, where do you turn now for your inspiration and wisdom in particular? I read all sorts of different books. I just, like I said, I just read this book forward by Dr. David Jeremiah. And I read a lot of, I like, I read a lot of pastors. I read devotionals. There's a guy named Erwin McManus, who's a pastor of Mosaic Church. It's actually the most diverse church in America. And that's the church that I belong to. And guy's amazing. So I listen to his sermons, his inspiration. I listen to podcasts too, different podcasts, get inspired that way. And always looking for just something that will inspire me. And so if someone, if something, someone shares something to me, I'll, I'll listen to it. I'll, I'll see if it's something I'm meant to listen. But it's really cool how things do find you when they're supposed to. Right. No, I love it. The last question that I have for you is, there's somebody out there, just like you said, that has all the intangibles, but they have that little voice in their head. And that little voice says that they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one thing that you would say to that person to get them to just Take action. I would say that it's not about the resources. It's always about what's inside you. It's never about outside. Casanova, you're a great example that you don't create the world outside in. You create it inside out. You're a coffee bean. And when you're in a big pot of boiling hot water, you can be the carrot, the egg, or the coffee bean. Carrot gets weakened in the hot water in its environment. The egg gets hardened in its environment. 
we can get bitter and angry like an egg, right? In that hot water. We can be like that carrot that gets weakened, that gets soft, that crumbles from the inside out. Or we can be like the coffee bean. That coffee bean, when put into hot water, it transforms the water into coffee. We don't even call it water anymore. We give it a new name. From the inside, it transforms the environment that it's in. And that's our job, right? You have the power to do that. Who you are on the inside, your joy, your love, your passion, your purpose, your work ethic, your optimism, your belief, that's how you create success. So that which is in you is so much more powerful than all the forces against you. And so it doesn't matter about the circumstances. Where there's a will, there's a way. And if you have a vision, you also have the power to make it happen. That vision was given to you for a reason. If you have the belief, your belief ultimately will determine what you create. You will find the investors. You will find the support. You will find the people that you need to be successful. When you're on the right path, I truly believe that God will move heaven and earth to support you when you're on the right path. And yes, you got to learn lessons along the way. You got to face adversity. You got to face obstacles. And people often say, when I'm facing this obstacle, how do I know to keep moving forward or to give up? And that's when you ask those questions like I did with the cookie. Yeah. It was called the positive cookie that was giving me a negative experience. And it was, it was the lessons I had to learn. All right. It's negative right now, but do I want to make this work? Do I want to be the best in the world at this? I learned from Seth Godin's book, The Dip. Great advice on this. Like when you truly want to be the best in the world at it, when you know it's your passion, when you love it, when there's a a purpose, a calling, then you're not going to give up. And so that's how you know. So for entrepreneurs, yeah, we want to make money. We want the fruit of the tree. And it's okay to want great fruit. But to get that fruit, you got to know that you got to invest in the root. And you invest in that root, you will get great fruit. Focus on the fruit, ignore the root, which is what we do often, and the tree dies. So you want a healthy supply of fruit, create a healthy root. And that all goes to your purpose, your love, your passion, and the why, the right reasons for why you're doing this and what you truly want to build. Yeah, no, that's powerful. And anybody wondering, what is the root? I would go back to saying the root is what you said in the beginning, the relationships, right? If you focus on having healthy relationships and the people that are in your corner, those cheerleaders that already want to see you win, not focusing on the outside of the people that you're trying to win over, that's how you'll be successful in life. Your team, your family, even your business partners and acquaintances. That, uh, yeah, you, you've given so much wisdom. For anybody who wants to stay connected with you, where can they find you at? Then go to johngordon.com. That's J-O-N gordon.com. We also have dailypositive.com. So you can get a quote every day of encouragement to dale at dailypositive.com. Also Instagram, Twitter at J-O-N gordon11. So at J-O-N gordon11. I'm always sharing encouragement tips and just things I've learned along the way that I love sharing. So we'd love to connect with people there. If you have any questions, feel free to just hit me up on, on Instagram or Twitter. And I'm pretty good about responding. Cool. Yeah. We're going to make sure we put all of those links in the show notes. And for anybody who is wanting to really change their life when it comes to positivity, pick up one of those books. There's 22 of them. So you have a lot of options and you can binge on the information as well. So remember Dream Nation in the dream we trust. But just as he said, it's already in you and you must take action. Otherwise, that dream that you have will only merely be a fantasy. That's all we got for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. 
That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.